Hey everybody, Matt and Stacy back with another episode of Globe Miami Talk. Hello everyone. We have a special, special guest today, mm-hmm. close friend of both Stacy and I, uh, Mayor Mila from the town of Superior. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mila. Hi. I'm so happy to be here today. Me too. Thank you. So uh, we were at a stakeholders meeting for resolution on Tuesday, Mila and I, and I thought it'd be good to have her come on and kind of give an update about a little bit the government side of what's going on right now with resolution and and if there's any way we can help as a community that heavily relies on mining um, for a lot of our businesses and employers. So that's what Mila is here to talk about and give a little update about what's going on in Superior. Well, thank you, Matt and Stacy. I'm really excited to be here and be in your beautiful community of Globe Miami. Um, actually, spend a lot of time up in this area, so very much appreciate the opportunity. What's going on right now with Resolution Copper is really critically serious to the future of this project and the future of our region, to be honest. Um, as we all know, um, Chairman, Chairman of the Natural Resources Committee is Representative Raul Grijalva. And he has been a staunch, um, he's held staunch opposition to the Resolution Copper Project and the land exchange. That is no surprise to any of us. And I think we all understand and respect that there's two different viewpoints to this particular project. But the reality is this, this project has had bipartisan support for decades now. And we have went through a very extensive environmental impact statement um, that this is one of the largest that's ever been processed to date in America that's affected our region. And right now, while we're all very anxious and excited to know that we are seeing the um, infrastructure bill come to fruition, as it was passed in the Senate, it went over to the House of Representatives. And in the House of Representatives, those committees there had the opportunity to add language and other bills kind of attaching it to this reconciliation bill and one of the things that chairman grijalva did as a um, member of congress was to add his hr 1844 or 18 i think it's 1884 um, save oak flat bill Uh, earlier this year i actually testified to congress asking them not to approve this bill not to move it forward And he's adding it, he's trying to add it into the reconciliation bill. If this bill gets into the reconciliation, it could not only tie up the um, reconciliation bill in total, meaning that we will not have the infrastructure dollars coming, you know, across America, but essentially the way this bill is written, it will forever prohibit mining in and around the Oak Flat area. It has additional taxes on the mining industry and royalties that the industry as a whole are saying this will cripple the entire industry. So we could ne- we if this bill gets attached to this and it gets approved with the Save Oak, Oak Flats amendments, you could essentially see you know Asarco, the Ray Pitt, Freeport, Carlotta, Capstone, any other mining operations around us affected, and that will affect all of our jobs. And right now, because Resolution Copper is kind of the program that everybody sees and knows about, we're very we're all very familiar one one way or the other. It's it's the shiny um, it's the shiny thing we're all following. Mm-hmm. But this really impacts the entire industry in the long run, and that will have a trickle down into our region. Whether it's companies like Audinetto and Jonovich, companies in our region that we all depend on, not only for services, and I think people forget that. 
These companies, they work for the mines, but then they also provide services to our households and our smaller businesses. If they lose those larger contracts, that's going to probably create another, you know, economic trickle down that we, we're not we're not prepared for. And so what's happening right now is it could be very devastating to our entire region. And we really need everyone in the region who understands this project to write, call, email, interact with our Arizona delegation, specifically Congressman O'Halloran, Senator Kelly, Senator Sinema, Congresswoman Kirkpatrick, um, Representative um, Stanton. The Democratic um, members of the delegation are really the ones that need to be contacted. We know we're not going to change Representative Grijalva's mind, nor do we are we going to change the minds of those that are in complete opposition to this. But the reality is um, this ore body is not going to go away. Someone is going to mine it. And we have already went through extensive environmental reviews. Um, the longer that this is delayed, the more it's going to impact our region. And right now, we need to start looking at it. There are 500 people employed because of the Resolution Copper Project. 500 people go to work, whether they are direct employees of Resolution Copper or contractors that are from around our communities. 500 people. If they lose their jobs, what happens to our region? And what happens to our small businesses that are dependent on these people having good paying jobs so they can go and eat in our restaurants and be members of our gyms and do, you know, buy houses and have good insurance. All of those things are important. So the trickle down could be critical if we do not um, ask Congress to please um, oppose having this Save Oak Flat bill in the in this reconciliation bill. And it's very confusing because there's a lot of governmental um, process that's going on. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, someone there mentioned, made the comment like this is like the poison pill that he's been trying to pass for years to the mining industry. And I, I left the meeting thinking this is almost a poison pill to the whole region. It is. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, it's a trickle-down effect. It, if you take out the mines and you take out the contractors, which takes out that level of workforce, and then you have all those families moving away, and you lose more employees, and then it, it just it's it's an avalanche that you can't stop and right now we need to be decisive in our leadership um you know there are leaders across the region that are signing on to joint letters to congress i've written my own individual letter um and and so really that support is critical getting the information out there so people know and i think sometimes we're um we're forgotten about um when it comes down to the actual people that live here, we understand both the risk and the benefit of living amongst living in mining communities. And for some of us, we've been here for generations. Our families understand the mm -hmm. give and take of it. Mm -hmm. I, I like that you just said that because I grew up with everyone in my family worked in the mining industry, and that was just what I knew. I didn't know anything different growing up. It took me um, to actually be a functioning adult on my own in the real estate business to go, oh, now I get it. And oh, it, it sounds crazy to think that, to think that you're here and you don't really understand the impact. And I just want to mention the impact of copper on the world. Oh, I yeah. don't think enough people really know what we are doing as a region for the entire world right now with copper. 
Well, I recently spoke um, at a luncheon, and it was a very impromptu um, speech, and it's, it really came to my mind that the world does not run without communities like Superior, Globe, okay. Miami, Kearney, Hayden, Winkleman, the miners that go in every day and the people that support the operations. Mm-hmm. The world doesn't run. Our cars don't run. Our right. cell phones don't run. Our air conditioning, heating. Right. We essentially run the world. And, you know, I think this region needs to start rallying up and saying mm-hmm. we demand a little bit more respect and understanding from our elected officials that copper drives this world it and does. is driving our economy right now. It does. And I don't think that enough people think of we come from that. And and we need to take pride and take responsibility for that as well. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah copper is going to play a huge role, you know, in the next hundred years. I mean as everyone tries to move towards cleaner energy and electric mm-hmm. cars, that all takes copper. Mm-hmm. And that's, I believe, one of the largest copper deposits in the world is what's Superior sitting on. It's so definitely- without that, we don't have that future of solar panels and electric cars and, and cleaner energy. Well, and, you know, we could talk for hours on our carbon footprints and the environmental impacts of mining. And, and as I've said, there's gives and takes to all of that. And there's things that we have to monitor, you know, to make sure that balance is stays in place. But when you start looking at where we are bringing in, importing copper from other countries, um, the carbon footprint on that when we have, you know, American copper right here with American workers that are ready to go to work, um, it's very frustrating, this position that we're in right now, and very frustrating that, you know, one of our own in Arizona's delegation really has never um, made the time to come and visit with our area. And, and while I, you know, we all understand politics and we can respect his viewpoint, um, at some point we have to start finding some real balance and compromise here because this constant battle that we're facing is not productive to to superior it's not productive to the region and you know when we're when you're dependent on these companies looking to your future um, you know what is their growth model what's going to happen it makes it very very precarious for us to lead our communities in a in a balanced fashion that's very true very true yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think I was blown away too um, I think resolution said they've spent what two two billion i think was the number yes. that they've spent in this region just getting the project to this point wow. that they would basically have to walk away from if this passes well and what what you don't realize until you start reading the bill is that when they the way mining law works if they do this full withdrawal of the mineral rights even on um, claims that they already own the American taxpayer is going to have to pay Rio Tinto to not mine on that area. And that those are some of the com- the complexities of mining law mm. that you don't realize until you're having to lead through some of these situations. And I frankly don't want my tax pu- taxpayer dollars to go towards paying a company not to do something. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. And yeah. then pay another company to ship copper from another country exactly. across the ocean yes. to build my house. Or, ins- or build my new car or something like that. Right. So you're paying triple right. by having to pay the taxes on it, plus pay the imports, plus mm-hmm. pay everything else. And the, and it's not clean. It's it's a poorer way of doing it overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. So the best thing to do right now is to go to, um, I would call anyone at Resolution Copper. They do have a listing of all of the con- congressional people 
representatives and the correct email to send it to. And right now, it just needs to be a simple email. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I live in Globe. I live in Miami. I live in Superior. And <clears throat> I support Resolution Copper. Please do not allow the Save Oak Flat Bill into the Reconciliation Bill. Simple as that. Make it simple. Even just, I support mining in this region. Please don't approve the Save Oak Flat, Oak Flat Bill will make a tremendous difference. And right now, we need to start rallying up support to keep the jobs that we have in our region and keep the industry moving forward. And, Amila, could you let us know timeframes here? So we're expecting Congress in the next two weeks. Um, the House of Representatives will have to vote on the reconciliation bill. And if you're following, you know, whatever TV network you're watching, there's a lot of news about the reconciliation bill. And another thing to point out on the reconciliation bill, there is a lot of um, funding that's going to come out for wildfire protection, wildfire cleanup, um, climate change issues, all of which our region has been affected by. So we need this reconciliation bill to pass without the hurdles of the Save Oak Flat Bill. Congress is going to have to get something approved probably in the next two weeks. And so right now, there's great urgency to, you know, this weekend, send those emails, make those phone calls, um, do whatever you can. Can they vote to amend the bill on the spot? So what generally happens is, like anything else, there's probably a lot of negotiations going on when they send that final bill. So we need, we need our congressional people to know, to let the Democrats, the rest of the Congress know, I'm not going to vote on this bill if this Save Oak Flats amendment is Still in there. Okay. So, so the pressure is really asking them to not support the bill if Save Oak Flats stays in there. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think the region needs to be aware that we anticipate that as we get closer to the FEIS being re-released, that, you know, we're going to see the passion from the opposition and the passion from Representative Grijalva coming out looking for any opportunity to stop this. And, and he is going full speed ahead on his desire to stop this. So we have to always be at the ready to, to communicate our, our desire to see this Resolution Copper project continue. Okay, great. Thank you for that. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's very important. And we'll find a way. We'll either link information with brian in in the uh, show notes so people can reach out okay. and get those emails because there's quite a few and you want to make sure you're sending it to the right representative for sure awesome. definitely okay <laughs> sounds good thank you you're welcome um thank you for the update on that that's one reason we wanted to have you up here and then um so what's new in superior you are our neighbor <laughs> Right I, down the street. I am happy to be your neighbor. <laughs> and, you know, we have a lot going on. We've been celebrating our 45th anniversary of incorporation. And so that's been kind of fun, pulling out the old history of, you know, what it was like when they were incorporating Superior in 1976. We were going to do kind of a baby picture contest, but we realized that, like myself, I wasn't even born in 1976. So wow. that would have been a little awkward <laughs> when they incorporated the town. Just but made me old. We, we, recently, <laughs> we recently dedicated our downtown stage and amphitheater, and we had our Violet Folklorico Group or Superior Dance Company come out and perform, and then Superior's favorite hometown band, Power Drive Band, um, come out. We had a really nice Sunday afternoon. We've done a business appreciation breakfast, um, recognizing the businesses that have stayed in business the full 45 years of incorporation. And those 45 years have been wrought with a lot of challenges mm -hmm. for Superior. 
But really want to invite you guys and all your listeners to our first ever State of the Town address that's been being planned. And ours is going to be on October the 7th um, from 5 p.m. to 7. And it'll be at our downtown stage amphitheater. And really excited to share um, what we've accomplished, some of our challenges, but also share some exciting things that are coming to Superior for our future. So all the more the merrier. We will for sure be there. So if there's, there. A, if there's a secret thing coming, then we have to go to the state of the town address <laughs> to find out. <laughs> where all the good, that's I'm where all joking. the good stuff is going on. All the good information. Yes. I love that downtown area you Me have too. between the farmer's market and, and Bessage Park. And the stage is kind of like the, the crown mm-hmm. jewel for that. And there's just so many options with that. Mm-hmm. We're really proud of it. And, you know, it during COVID, it, the stage area became a really great opportunity because we allowed our gym to do some outdoor classes there if he wanted to. We had a woman come out and do free yoga classes. And so people are really using it. You know, you see the kids coming out and, you know, they might be on their devices, but they're definitely enjoying the the lights and the amphitheater mm-hmm. area. So we're, we're just really glad. It's taken a lot of work and a lot of commitment by all the volunteers, our council and our staff to to move a lot of these projects forward. But really, really proud that we've address some of the challenges we've had and been able to move forward. That's and the amazing. farmer's market is coming back to there. If I remember yes, correctly, the farmer's the market fall. will return to outdoor operation on o- the first Saturday in October. So they'll be back in the food court area and, you know, everybody's welcome to, to join that farmer's market. If you have goods to sell and we have some fun things happening, of course, second Friday is coming up. Um, every second Friday we have our events and the October 2nd Friday, we have a special concert with um, Eric Ramsey, and he performs often at the Chandler Center for the Arts, but we're doing a benefit fundraiser for the Legends of Superior Trails because they have a lot of cleanup to do um, in Arnett Canyon with the post-fire oh. flooding and whatnot in our trail system. So oh, Awesome. So come out and enjoy. There's always something fun to do and new businesses, you know, popping up. So come and visit. Just just to mention, to plug another one of your events, uh, the borough. Oh, yes. yes. The borough races and the Apache <laughs> Leap Days are back. See, there's yes. so much. I don't want to take yes. up all your time. <laughs> but um, our borough races are back. We are so excited. And it is probably the event that makes everyone the happiest because mm-hmm. those boroughs are just adorable. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you just ha- want to be next to them. So they're actually, the races start at 730 in the morning on the Saturday of the Apache Leap Days, which I think is, what, the 23rd? I think it's the 23rd. Yeah, Yeah, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. We have three live bands coming out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Miami's own Neto band will be playing on Sunday, so they'll be out. So good time for some dancing and carnival and all that kind of good stuff, food booths and vendors. So we're looking forward to seeing that as a full event weekend. And then... For Halloween, we have a Dia de los Muertos event at the Buckboard Cafe and our Trunk or Treat. And we're also having a live band after Trunk or Treat. And that'll be Neto again because we just love Neto. Who doesn't, right? They're like, they're the other. They're they're a fun band to have. So much fun to watch. So, um, you know, we have a lot going on in October and into November. Um, Come on down and visit. Awesome. That's exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. It feels like we're getting out of the fog and getting back to reality and normal yes. some yes. normalcy yes. so yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's very nice yeah. Yeah. it's very nice um so interestingly enough matt and i with every uh, podcast episode we ask our the person we're interviewing two questions 
And the first question is, why Globe? So I, I love that you say Miami. So I'm going to say, why Globe Miami? Because she's not very many people say it the right way. I got quotation marks, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but when we say that, obviously, most people that we interview live here. You don't live here, but you're very familiar with this town, this community. You grew up in Superior. You know a lot about Globe Miami. So we'd still like you to answer that question. What do you love about this area? You know, what I love the most is that I have so many wonderful friends mm -hmm. that I've met over the years as my career has grown. And as we worked on projects like um, the Hispanic Leadership Institute, mm -hmm. I think I love that, you know, our communities are connected amongst these friendships. And um, if there was one thing I would probably like, I wish I could have in Superior that's not here, that is, you know, the historic buildings that you guys have and that, you know, the Cobra Valley Center for the Arts. Ultimately, you know, my family, my um, great grandparents actually started out in Miami before they went to Superior. Mm -hmm. So we have we have some pretty deep roots that run here. In fact, our family has um, lots of us are actually most of my family's buried in this area. <laughs> and um, because my dad worked for the county, I spent plenty of weekends hanging out and, you know, meeting lots of people up mm -hmm. here. So um, it's kind of a second home in a different way. And I see my job as mayor of superior that you know we're stronger when we're all sticking together and we work together so that's awesome that's it's a great awesome. mentality yes. to have. so the opposite end of that question the other side um and like stacy said you don't live here but you are very active here is what would be one thing you'd like to see change in globe miami did i say it right that time mm -hmm, good okay, job there we go. <laughs> um so like if i were to have a magic wand yes. um you know, what I always wish with my magic wand, whether it's Globe or Miami or Superior, or any of our sister copper corridor communities, is that we really had the funding resources that our communities need based on the impacts we take um, from, you know, from, you know, an industry. There's, there's issues in taxing policies that always kind of leaves us struggling. And it's not anything, it's not anything the industry can change. It's state policy and federal policy. And that's the one thing I wish I that I wish I could just change immediately because I think it would take a lot of stress off of all of my fellow mayors and councils across the region because we just don't have enough financial resources to do everything we wish we could do for our communities. That's true. That's, That's very answer. true. That very good answer. That would, yeah, the schools, everything. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much. We know you're busy as the mayor, <laughs> but we thought it was important that we'd have somebody come and talk and that knows a little bit more about the resolution um, project than we do. So um, we'll put a, a link in the description where you can contact uh, Brian or Anna Vargas and get those emails so you can send a letter to those or those elected officials Correct. and let them know. Um, and just thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Mila. You're welcome.